Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Talk about a very human, talk about a very earthy, talk about a very Christian question. You may have asked it yourself. Maybe you're going through, maybe you're asking it right now. You know, you're going through something. Hence, you're in church and you're asking that very question of Jesus. Are you the one who's to come or are we to wait for another? Last week, we heard about John the Baptist on the banks of the Jordan River, preaching fire and brimstone out in the wilderness, calling Israel back to its wilderness roots. However, from last week's reading to today's reading, a great deal has happened in St. Matthew's Gospel. At this moment, John is rotting in a dungeon by order of King Herod. Now, over the last five years, if Netflix has taught us anything, and it hasn't taught us much, uh, but with the popularity of shows like The Crown and now the documentary series Harry and Meghan, Yawn, um, The House of Windsor, that was supposed to be screamingly funny, but anyway, but The House of Windsor is filled with intrigue and scandal, isn't it? Can't wait for season six. But um, uh, let me make it perfectly clear. Uh, The British royals have nothing have nothing on the Hasmonean royal family of the Second Temple period. I mean, that is true. I mean, they were dangerous people. John the Baptist's crime was for criticizing Herod for living with his brother Philip's estranged wife. And believe me, Herod wasn't just letting her hang out until she got back on her feet. You know, this was this is a this is a very very dark thing, and John the Baptist calls it out. And so for his criticism of King Herod, he's arrested and he's rotting in prison. And where in the world is Jesus? Where's my cousin, the Messiah? Jesus is just out there and he's preaching and he's teaching. Signs of the kingdom are happening, but I'm rotting in prison. Can you imagine what must have been going on in John the Baptist's head and heart? Are you the one to come, or are we to expect another? Think about a time in your life when you thought Jesus was going to come through and nothing happened. There's no army of angels. There's no gang of John and Jesus' disciples making a plan to bust them out of prison in a MacGyverish kind of fashion. John... This prophet who created such a commotion on the banks of the Jordan River. John, the one who bears Elijah's mantle. Nothing seems to be happening. In fact, he's beginning to realize, I may not be rescued. So, of course, this is why the question is posed. Are you the one to come? Or should we expect another? Have you ever noticed, and this is very human, this is very human, have you ever noticed when things get difficult, when things don't go our way, 
where things continue to be a real struggle. Have you ever noticed? I mean, when we're teetering between faith and unbelief, that question just seems to bubble up. The way of Jesus is not always a way of victory. The way of the kingdom of God is actually hard. The way of Jesus takes the shape of a cross. The way of Jesus oftentimes manifests itself in weakness, not strength, in disappointment sometimes instead of joy. John is going to lose his head. Notice, though, right here when Jesus has posed the question from John, are you the one to come or should we expect another? Notice Jesus quotes the prophets. Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. I mean, he's quoting basically from Isaiah. The dead are raised. The poor have good news brought to them. Now, if you know the prophets, though, and John the Baptist did, you'll notice Jesus leaves out one category, a very important category that applies to John, freedom to the captive, or prisoners, a release to the prisoners, as some say. He doesn't quote that part, followed by, blessed is anyone who takes no offense of me. I mean, this is profoundly offensive. Because it's not how any of us would have it. And this is my first point. The way of the cross is oftentimes the way of suffering and loss. The way of the cross is most certainly not our plan. Our plan is the way of power. And whatever we can do to cling to it. Ours is the way of like the easy life. I mean, it can be vicious. Look how our politicians handle each other. Look at how our business tycoons treat their workers. Humans. All of us. When we get a little bit of power, when we get a little bit, I mean, because, you know, we don't like suffering. Who likes it? I don't. We get a little bit of it, we galvanize it, and we weaponize it in order to maintain our little kingdoms and our control. Now, most people assume, because uh, I'm an Episcopal clergy person, I watch Downton Abbey or Call the Midwife or any of those great shows, uh, but I don't. The English drama that I am totally into is called Peaky Blinders. And it is about gypsy gangsters between World War I and World War II. And I do not recommend you ever watch this show, but if you do, it's amazing. Um, and it also happens to be on Netflix. This sermon is brought to you by Netflix today. And so, but uh, um, in season five, if you've seen it, in season five, it's a great season. Uh, Tommy Shelby, Thomas Shelby, the main character, uh, loses lots of money in the stock market crash of the 1920s uh, here in the States because his nephew is not following his directions. And then because his brothers are not following his directions uh, uh, and uh, those around him are not following his directions, his political and underworld rivals are beginning to move in and close in on him. It's every season and it's amazing. And at the same time, he's haunted by the ghosts of World War I and the ghosts 
of his lost love. And under tremendous stress, he falls to his knees and he yells, Why doesn't anybody listen to me? It's a profound scene. Why doesn't anybody listen to me? It's profound because we've all screamed that. It illustrates how we feel sometimes. And especially when God doesn't seem to pull through. When we're at the edge of faith and unbelief. When doubt and despair seem overwhelming. Why doesn't anybody listen to me? Especially Jesus. And this, this is the moment when our collect for today, the third Sunday of Advent, becomes so important. Stir up your power, O Lord. Notice, it doesn't say stir up my power or stir up my power in partnership with you, O God. But stir up your power, O Lord. And that power manifests itself in grace and mercy. And with great might come among us. And you see, we're always looking for God in the fireworks. We're always looking for God in the big things. And we miss oftentimes. Or he's acutely at work. See, this is my second point. It's in those moments. Why isn't anybody listening to me? It's in those moments when especially doesn't even seem that God is listening to me. Are you the one to come or should we expect another? It's in those moments when my power finally fails. That's when we pause. And just for a second, you get a glimpse of God acutely at work in your life. This is why Jesus says at the end of this reading, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist, because John the Baptist embodies the last of the Old Testament prophets, the last of relating to God based on what you do. Because it always falls short. And now we're going to relate to God based on what he's done. Our works aren't even going to come into play. And it's oftentimes we're so busy muddling our works and building our castles and putting things together that plugs our ears and we can't even hear God speak because I'm so busy living in the noise. I mean, I hope Calvary St. George's becomes a place for the world and is becoming a place where the noise finally stops. And at least for a moment, we can pray that prayer. Stir up your power, O Lord. Because it's in that moment, when our power finally fails, that we get a glimpse of God acutely at work in our life. In order to bring you to that point where you stop listening to yourself and only listen to Him. Why doesn't anybody listen to me? Stir up your power, O Lord. and Come among us. Because I am sorely hindered by sin. And deliver me. It's in those moments where we hear the gospel that he has. He has set the captives free from sin, death, and the devil. And you see, Jesus has given us means by which to listen to him. And in listening to him, believe in him as we go through the dark times of our lives.
For John and his disciples, he gave signs of the messianic kingdom. From the prophet Isaiah, the blind see, the deaf hear, lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the poor are given good news. And in the midst of our struggle, you have even given a greater sign. You've been given the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's presence in your life in the midst of this perceived absence, which was given to you at your baptism when you were sealed as Christ by Christ and marked, sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. You are given the sign every time you hear those comfortable words. You have been set free. We go by what we see so often that we need to hear it. This is the God who speaks to you. And here in this place, he speaks words of forgiveness to stir up his power within you. You are forgiven. And in a moment, you're going to receive the great sign, the bread that is his body and the wine that is his blood that assures you that while you may not be listening to God, he never gives up on you, and he's always speaking to you. So stop and listen. I mean, but really, Jake, is that it? Is that it? I mean, seriously, water, some words, bread and wine. And like Jesus says to John, he says to you, blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Because yes, in these means is the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel. And this is my third point. You may feel tired. You may feel weak. You may feel powerless. You may have this morning in the shower screamed. And I know I'm speaking to someone today. Why doesn't anyone listen to me? Stir up your power, O Lord. And with great might come among us. I guarantee you, our Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's among us. He's here. He's here. Be assured as you come forward to receive the body and blood. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at this. Because, because here's the point. This is the power that saves you. This is the power to comfort you. This is the power to heal you. And this is the power to send you forward and out into this world by the Holy Spirit to release those who are sorely hindered by sin. To release those who are really imprisoned by their own egos. Really imprisoned by the silence and the noise at the same time. This is the power of the Holy Spirit to send you out, to send you out to preach freedom to those who've been captive and to let them know that Jesus has heard them as well. And by his blood, he set them free. So this just isn't for us to gather here, but it's to empower us to go out. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Never forget, come thou long expected Jesus. Come to set thy people free. And you are his ambassadors into the world. 
So hear that news today. You're forgiven. You've been set free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.